Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Only I didn't say fudge. And for gosh sake, watch your language. Watch your profanity. Right, I'm sorry. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you decided your job was to make sure someone else couldn't do their job, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, February 26, 2016, useless as an asshole on an elbow edition of the show, where we talk about the Senate's refusal to even think about thinking about a Supreme Court nominee. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by that asshole texting on the subway stairs. In a busy, busy world where people are trying to get from one place to another, it's important to slow down, take a moment, pause for reflection, and that asshole texting on the subway stairs is here to help. He will make sure everyone slows down. Hell, come to a complete stop while he texts someone about something that is so much more important than you. When it comes to pure petulant obstruction, no one can top that asshole texting on the subway stairs. If you would like to sponsor the show, stop on any subway stair and text ASSHOLE to 12345. Standard text messaging rates apply, and we accept no reliability for the ass beating you are about to receive. Your bounce. You're saying that the reason that you're not doing the job that I'm paying you to do is that you don't have a job to do? No. Is that what you're saying? What are you trying to convince me of exactly? That you're as useless as an asshole right here? Well, guess what, buddy? I think you just fucking convinced me. Some of you might find this shocking, but podcasting does not pay my bills. It's true. I mean, after Fast Eddie's Podcast Shack gives us our cut of ad revenues, and I pave the research monkey, buy Gavin a new box of Capri Suns, and get a bottle of Jameson that I need for every show just to drown my self-esteem and sense of being an utter failure, there ain't a lot to go around. So I'm forced to take a real job where in exchange for my services, which usually consist of searching the internet and waiting for the clock to hit 5.30, I am paid a sum of money. This is one of the founding pillars of capitalism, a system of government which, according to them, makes Republicans... Wow. I'm sexually aroused. Now, if I were to show up at my job and refuse to perform the assigned task, my employer would probably not take this philosophically and would probably come around to my desk with some information like... And say, get the fuck out of here! This, I believe, is a fair system and one that works for most people in most places. Yet the distinguished gentlemen in the United States Senate do not think their refusal to do their jobs, even though they continue to be paid, is a problem. This means they hate capitalism, and therefore logically also hate America. Why? Why do you hate America, Senator McConnell? Did America touch you in a bad place? Show me on the doll, Senator McConnell, where America touched you.
Of course, the American-hating communist freeloader Republican senators who feel that they should be paid without doing any work for the money are saying they are the ones standing up for America. It's just the sort of thing a communist sympathizer would say. And by refusing to consider any nominee for the Supreme Court until after the election in November, Comrade McConnell, along with Comrade Grassley, Comrade Cruz, and the rest of the cell members in the Senate signed an open letter this week to the effect, closing with the line, each senator according to his ability and each according to his needs. Then they hung a portrait of Lenin on the wall and walked off to find some red armbands. The latest Republican tantrum against the duly elected leader of the executive branch has lost even the pretense of principled disagreement and promptly descended to the level of a two-year-old lying on the floor screaming. While the president soothingly tells them that they like Pescettios, but the Republican majority of the Senate adamantly insists that not only do they not like Pescettios, they have never and will never like Pescettios, no matter what Pescettios' position on Roe versus Wade or how moderate their decisions are on gun control. You're not my dad! And then they storm off into their offices to sulk for the next hour. And I get it. I really do. The Republicans know that any pick by Obama will skew the court away from its long-held conservative majority into the absolute tyranny of center-right jurisprudence. Merciful Zeus! They live in terror of the court delivering balanced, reasonable decisions on issues instead of spewing vitriol and venom and eloquently crafted condescension-laden dissents after losing to another center-right ruling. Oh, shit. That's exactly what's been happening for years now. I get it. If they play ball with Obama now, they could get another Justice Kennedy. Outlander! 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 Or they can roll the dice and take their chances on the election coming up November. Have you seen how those are going, guys? You seen how they're shaping up? I gotta ask. Are you insane? You do see who's winning right now, don't you? Still, I guess I see your point. I mean, after all, no one has ever appointed a Supreme Court justice in an election year. What? Who? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Um, I'm being told that my information was incorrect and that a Supreme Court vacancy has been filled in an election year by lame duck presidents multiple times, including, but not limited to, Republican demigod Ronald Wilson Reagan, who actually nominated Anthony Kennedy in November of 1987. Kennedy was confirmed by a democratically controlled Senate 97 to 0. Oh, snap. This is not to mention the six other times this has happened so that argument is basically that is one big pile of shit i mean if this were a sincerely principled political stand or even good politics the republicans could have kept quiet diddled around in the hearings obfuscated complicated and deviated until they put themselves in a good position to pick up giant jan for the block this was not a game they chose no they chose a slightly 
different tack, in which the only real option was not to play, which is in and of itself playing and playing dangerously. As I noted above, the election for the presidency is not a foregone conclusion, and as their party continues a slow motion drop off a cliff like a low-budget 70s action movie... They risk losing control of the Senate as well as the White House. As I said in the Scalia show, the smart move is to play ball now. We can call the plays rather than in 10 months when you may not even be on the field. God, for a dude who doesn't even sports ball, I make a lot of sport ball metaphors and analogies. Look, polling on these issues is starting to arrive in credible numbers, and the public is strongly in support of the president. Surprise! Pew found 56% of the public wants the Senate to hold hearings and vote on the nominee, and the public policy poll found similar numbers, particularly in swing states, where the election will be decided. But hey, you know, you guys, it's better to look strong right now than actually be strong, right? Fucking lunatic. Anyone who knows anything, which is so very few, understands the Supreme Court's incredible role in keeping the ship of state from flipping over like an Italian cruise liner in a calm sea. No, dude. Dude. No. So what does happen if the Republicans manage to fart around until the election and the court stays split? Well, according to court tradition, the justices will, in the event of a tie, remove the seating from the chamber and erect the J-Dome. Named for First Chief Justice John Jay, once the dome is erected, the junior justices from the liberal wing and conservative wing enter the dome armed only with their gavels. The last justice standing decides the tie. While the Jay Dome has not been erected in recent memory, Justice Sotomayor is reputed to be incredibly adept with her gavel and has killed three clerks in sparring matches. But this can't be confirmed. Justice Alito is rumored to be a vicious, dirty fighter whose military training gives him an edge inside the dome. Keeping, however, with court traditions, the J-Dome. Bouts are never filmed and only rarely result in fatalities. We don't need another hero. Obviously, the drama and possible death of a fight in the Dome aside, the business of the court continues, and huge cases are set to come up this year. I mean, Texas's cute little law, with this utterly, I'm sure, unintended effect of making abortion all but impossible in the state, is up for review, and a split court means the case ruling goes back down to the Fifth Appellate. The Fifth Appellate is considered so conservative, they generally disapprove of such modern innovations as fire and the wheel. So you can rest assured their views on a woman's right to do with her own body as she chooses are a little out of touch with the mainstream. I figured that being my wife would take up all of your time. Even if I wanted to say no, I couldn't. You're not supposed to say no to a detective. I figured that too. Oh, and another cute Texas law which takes the idea of one person and one vote and chucks it right in the shitter. Oh, Texas, is there anything you won't do to keep a minority out of the voting booth? Oh, and look, here's another case about affirmative action in which a mediocre white girl is upset she couldn't attend the University of Texas and decided it wasn't because of her shitty, shitty grades, it's because she was white. 
This, by the way, is the same case, case in which the late and unlamented Justice Scalia noted during oral arguments that black people would probably be better off if they went to less difficult schools. A split court on any of these cases goes back down to the fifth, where the ruling was, and I am going to quote from memory, not from the actual decision. I think it went something along the lines of, we don't like black people very much. Really? You think? Please continue stating the perfectly obvious. It fills me with confidence. So, the vacancy on the court could be a bit of a problem. What I cannot figure out is why the Republicans are so dead set on playing ping pong with a live hand grenade. Their party is in a fucking shambles. The presidential frontrunner is a shriveled orange slong, proudly waving itself in the voters' faces like a pervert on the subway. Their last best hope is an underachieving do-nothing whose congressional record is less impressive than the script I wrote for a reboot of Aftermath starring Brian Doyle Murray as Colonel Potter and actually Jamie Farr as Klinger because the dude he needs the work. Good God, after MASH, that was a pull. No, these Republicans have not had a new idea since Reagan's last bowel movement in the Oval Office shitter. And honestly, they probably got that encased in Lucites in McConnell's office. I know reasonable Republicans exist. I've even talked to one. Admittedly, it was on the internet, so he could have been catfishing me. Instead of trying to grab for the sinner, an entire major political party has decided their path to victory is repeatedly grinding the government to halt so they can read green eggs and ham on the Senate floor and get the words wrong. They've stopped even pretending to govern and doubled down on derp to the point I honestly cannot tell the difference between a senator, senator who's served decades and a feral weasel in a flesh suit star talking about drowning the federal government in the toilet bowl. In any decently run country, these jack-offs would be confined to six or seven seat minorities consisting entirely of representatives from East Frog Fuck Louisiana, whose platform consists entirely of desperately needed frog population control measures. And I don't think I'm alone in this. In fact, I know I'm not alone. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. We're going to do it right now. We're going to run this special out. Gavin, Gavin, cue the tape. Cue it up. Cue it up. Hello and welcome to the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast, Voices from America segment, the perspective beyond the basement, with our flyover correspondent, I'm sorry I'm being told the nomenclature's heartland correspondent, Rebecca W., who we assure you is a real person and not the host running some very high-tech filters in post-production. Gavin, run the tape. Yesterday I talked to a Republican. It was an accident. He was wearing a shirt with buttons. That should have clued me in. Always distrust people in shirts with buttons. Well, like Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on today, okay? A terrific smile. Anyway, he was a total blowhard. And he told me that he thinks that Obama contributed to the division between the political parties because he sets up straw man arguments, like sort of intentionally misinterpreting what the Republicans are saying, repeating it back, and then asserting how wrong it is. And then he said that Obama talks down to the Republicans, and that's why they hate him so much. No, that's the wrong answer. The right answer is because you're all morons. He shined a light on that, didn't he? Now, to me, that's a ridiculous argument. 
Because Obama is the one single politician who has been alive in my lifetime that I can stand to listen to on the radio without shutting it off in abject repugnance. I mean, there's only so much idiocy you can sit still and listen to before your head explodes from trying to contain the refutation to so many false and bigoted statements at the same time. He's intelligent, reserved, well-spoken, and just generally an all-around educated kind of guy. He also has the temper of a saint. Because I'm telling you, I would have long since gone and found those asshats that all needed punching and punched them in their asshat-wearing faces multiple times until parts of them fell off. As you know, for the past six years, uh, I've received my fair share of criticism from the Republican Party. It's all part of rough-and-tumble politics. I hate you! I'ma bust all you niggas in the lip. So I feel like what Buttons is actually channeling is the Republicans jam their fingers in their ears and scream things like, gay people need killing. There's no such thing as global warming. And when someone says, now, now, that's not right. Global warming is real and is about to kill all the gays you hate, along with everybody else on this planet. Then they get all butthurt because someone told them the truth instead of pandering to their factually incorrect, insistently self-serving positions just to make them feel like they're special flowers. And they're mad, so they're like, the reason there's an argument is that you fail to coddle me, and lack of coddling makes me feel angry inside. I think I can speak for the entire office when I tell you, go fuck yourself. Therefore, I will shout at you, and all of this is your fault, damn it. Horrifying. Seriously, truly horrifying. And then innocent people like me end up sitting in Spanish conversation group trying desperately to escape from some turd burglar in buttons that wants to talk about his understanding of the current political climate. Obama's not making straw man arguments. He's distilling the truth and speaking it. That's why I'm so afraid of what's happening in this election. We got one, one single intelligent, rational leader, and we stand to lose that advance to people who aren't smart enough to figure out not to wear shirts with buttons. What is the world coming to? Thank you, Rebecca, for your contribution and from that Voices from the Heartland segment. If you'd like to hear more of Rebecca, let us know, because God knows somebody's got to get us out of this basement. We're just, we're just pathetic down here. I don't, I don't think I've bathed in a week. Sorry. Back to the show. Good God, you morons have spent so much time and energy over the past eight years screaming about socialism and the scary black man in the White House. You've created a groundswell of fucking stupid, which took a dysfunctional Congress and turned it into an inert morass. Now you've found a way to do the same thing with the last functional branch of government we have. I may have despised some of the decisions that came out of the court over the past few years, but at least they were doing something. With this little petulant, whiny, childish maneuver, you finally achieved well, Grover Norquist's multiple orgasm wet dream of drowning the government in the bathtub like an inconvenient elderly family member who just won't die. McConnell's foot is holding it underwater, and I'd like to think this will be the thing, the final insult to the American people who will run you hidebound fuckers out of Washington, D.C. and back to East Frogfuck once and for all, but they are too busy nominating a megalomaniacal, tiny-fingered maniac who will continue drowning the country in the bathtub, but he'll pull them out, draw a mustache on their face, and drop them back in along with a plugged-in hairdryer. So get off your fucking asses and do your goddamn jobs, assholes. 
That is it for our show this week. We want to first and foremost thank Rebecca out there and wherever the fuck she's at in the flyover. God bless you for contributing to the show. If any of you out there want to contribute to the show, text, tweet, email. Just make sure you put fuck you, Gavin, in the subject line and we'll get you on here too. You want to come and sit in the studio and drink with us? I'll put a separate microphone up and we'll do this shit. We want to thank the band Hypnostate for their music in the opening credits. Find their work on Jamendo.com. We are on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast and at the show name on Facebook. Send us your questions for the 80 proof prediction, which is coming up right after this show. If you want to email them to us, we are at whatthehellpodcast at gmail.com. And again, the subject line, fuck you, Gavin. All of our shows are at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, and all the fictional associates on our bench, we would like to say, look at them yo-yos. That's the way you do it. Saying nothing on TV, that ain't nothing. Not the job they do it. Money for something, but they votes are for free. They ain't working, not what they doing. Let me tell you, them guys ain't dumb. Maybe get a K Street job or Goldman Sachs. Maybe get a presidential run. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the 80 proof prediction. We'll see you all next week. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.